Welcome to BIV Today. We're the daily business podcast from the Business and Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Kirk Lapointe. Now, if you're curious about the business and investment opportunities legalization has created for cannabis, you might want to join us September 26th at our Cannabis Investors Forum. Details on that are available at BIV.com slash events. You're also going to find out about our very imminent fintech panel on the 13th of September. The event's going to cover how small and medium-sized businesses can leverage financial technologies to their advantage. Under the relatively new ownership of Vail Resorts, Whistler Blackcomb has been getting a very big investment this winter, $66 million. It's a historic uh, investment. It's including a new gondola, three new lifts. The aim, of course, is to give skiers more time going down the slopes and less time getting up to them. And in making this investment the largest in the facility's history and in owning a world-class facility, Vail has also had to, of course, counter any concerns about the strategy for the mountain and talk about the accessibility for the local market, trying to preserve some of that. We want to talk about this important balance of attracting the world and also serving the community with our, our guest, Rob Katz. He's the CEO of Vail Resorts. He's in town to speak to the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, great to be here. Yeah, pleasure to talk to you. Listen, uh, uh, when you approach something like this in the acquisition of Whistler Blackcomb, uh, you then set about, I would imagine, trying to devise a strategy, uh, something that will always upgrade. What's been the thinking behind this particular series of investments this winter? Well, I think one of the things that makes Whistler Blackcomb so unique is its ability to uh, to provide right that incredible experience to any skier from anywhere in the world, truly an international world class destination resort, uh, you know, with a brand that's that's known everywhere, and at the same time have a very special uh, and critical connection to the local community, both in Whistler and in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our strategy is that you know for us to be successful uh, with with. We have to do well uh, on all of those fronts. Um, and I think one of the things that, that obviously uh, makes a difference to anybody who's a skier is uh, investing and improving the experience at the resort itself. Uh, part of that is the, our staff and how we engage with our guests. Part of that is uh, you know, reducing wait times. And one of the ways you reduce wait times uh, during a ski vacation is uh, investing in high-speed and upgraded lifts uh, yeah. and, and a new gondola. Yeah, I mean, these investments very clearly speed up uh, the day for you, uh, presumably reduce the weight lines and all that. How many, how many more laps do you think a, a typical skier could get out of the day with this kind of investment? <laughs> well, I guess that, that'll depend on their conditioning. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Let's just, uh, let's, no, let's just say so we're like, we're, you're, you're these, we're these magnificent Scandinavian skiers, you know, that, that can do this all day, yeah. No, I think it. I, I think that you know we're we're going to see uh, dramatically reduced wait times. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we'll, we'll cut wait times in many cases in half or lower, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the time of day. Um, and what I would say is, it's you know, for some people, sure, they're going to their their view is you know if that gets them two more runs in on a full day, that that's better. But for other people, um, you know, they they may want to just be more leisurely about their day. It gives them a little more time for lunch. It gives them more time with their kids or their friends. Um, you know, a little bit, you know, they could take a leisurely approach to coming down the mountain. So I think what, what we hear from our guests is uh, it's not just the number of runs they take, but they just don't want to wait in line. Yeah. And they think it's our job to find a way to get them out of those lines and doing what they came to do, which is really enjoying the, 
you know, the mountain and the outdoors. Yeah. And nobody would deny the, uh, the absolute pleasure of, of getting down, uh, getting down those slopes. Um, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. The anxiety that comes with, uh, and, and sometimes the grossiness that go, goes with being in a lineup can be, uh, can be quite a downer for, uh, for an experience like that. What, what did your research tell you about what you inherited in uh, with Whistler Blackcomb? Was this one of the areas where there was a bit of consumer disquiet? I, I think I think there's a I think the, the, what our research told us was that there was tremendous enthusiasm uh, and passion for the resort. That you know all of the guests of Whistler Blackcomb felt that it was just one of the most unique experiences. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they weren't the only ones who thought that. There were a lot of people. Uh, who uh, who were now showing up at the at the mountain, and I think people, yeah, one of the challenges both inside the community and up on the hill is uh, crowding. And so our job, I think, you know, there's there's, I think, you know, yeah, an easy way to to reduce crowding is to make the experience bad. And obviously, we're never going to do that. So we're going to always look to make that experience better. Which means that both in the community and up on the hill, we have to invest in infrastructure and improve right the experience uh, to make sure that we can move people around in a way that it's still enjoyable and truly kind of provides that experience of a lifetime that that's our mission yeah around the world i'm sure you've found that people know uh the resort it it now just speaks volumes about uh about what kind of facility it is and as we alluded to you have to find a way to also make accessible from a pricing standpoint, um, this for a, for local experience, how are you trying to balance that? Yeah, I think, you know, our company, um, you know, has always had this uh, view that, that, um, the way to be successful, uh, in the ski business, um, yes, is to invest in the resort, but also to make it accessible. Um, you know, the, the, I think the great benefit of the experience up on the mountain is that it's not exclusive. There are a lot of people up on the hill at any one time, and they actually come from all different backgrounds, all different income levels. Um, and so our company has taken an approach to, to one, say, hey, for those skiers and riders who, who are willing to make uh, a commitment to their ski experience right before the season, we're going to give them an incredible, amazing deal. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, way back when, we, we really were the first company to take this approach on season passes. Uh, where, where we said, Hey, if you, you know, if you commit up front, we'll reduce the price of that pass from $1,800 in the U S to $600, mm. um, somewhat unheard of, but we got so much enthusiasm and commitment and loyalty that we knew it would be a great trade. I think here, um, you know, with Whistler Blackcomb, you know, they have a program, uh, the edge card program, uh, where they're providing you know, one, there's a season pass that they provide that people can buy that actually when Vail resorts came in. We actually reduced the price of that season pass by a few hundred dollars uh, to make it more affordable. And then uh, Whistler Blackcomb had a program, which we've continued, which is their edge card program, which is for uh, folks in Canada and in uh, Washington. Uh, People can purchase either two days, five days or 10 days of skiing before the season begins. Yeah, at a very significant discount to what they'd pay if they come up to the window. Yeah. Um, We also, you know, this year did our an epic school kids program where we gave uh, essentially free four days of free skiing to anyone K through kindergarten through fifth grade um, up here uh, in Canada. Uh, we also introduced a military pass, which provided for a hundred dollars 
um, an incredible value, a full season of skiing for anyone who has uh, served in uh, the Canadian Armed Forces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things we feel like, you know, provide people with, uh, yeah, just just outstanding value if if they commit in, in advance. I think uh, the one thing that's critical, though, is we don't want people to wait to the last minute. You know, yeah. people who want to come up, you know, if, if it's a Friday and they want to come up that weekend, you know, that, that's not that's not uh, the place where we're probably going to provide that most value because that's harder for the resort to, to digest, both in terms of the crowding and obviously weather variability. Um, so our goal is really on how do we make it affordable and accessible for everyone uh, in the Vancouver and Lower Mainland. Uh, yeah, and, and just, hey, you know, let us know in advance, you know, how many days you're going to come up for. Yeah. A couple of things before we, we close off, Rob. Um, one, uh, does any uh, ski hill now uh, not start to accommodate and plan for some degree of climate change over the next 10, 15 years? I think, I think the whole world needs to be planning and preparing for that. And uh, certainly our company, um, really, we do that in two ways. One is we have to do the right thing for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, uh, we've put out uh, what we call our commitment to zero, which is that by the year 2030, uh, our company will have zero net emissions, right? And zero net carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get to that by both reducing our energy use by about 15%. Uh, and then at the same time, right, actually going out and purchasing green energy. Um, so, so we really can kind of reduce, you know, and eliminate that carbon footprint. Um, and, uh, you know, this is something that now we've rallied our entire company around to try and get to. So that's the one thing is doing our, you know, our part. The second thing, though, is helping to protect our company and also our employees and our communities from the vagaries of weather and weather fluctuations by having people purchase their skiing in advance of the season so that mm-hmm. they get a great value and we get terrific commitment and consistency. And then two is by having a company that has resorts in a lot of different locations. So last year, for instance, Whistler Blackholm had an amazing uh, ski season and great weather while uh, you know Park City didn't have a great season. Well, because we're one company, we can actually continue to invest and maintain stability uh, because we right get to participate in different different weather patterns throughout the world. So we think that kind of advanced commitment, geographic diversity, and doing the right thing for the environment is, is our approach. Yeah. Last thing, uh, uh, no doubt uh, one of the great legacies of the Olympic Games uh, was the Sea to Sky Highway. It really helps your resort. Uh, it helps people get uh, to and from the place. Uh, we've got bus service that leaves the airport and all that. Um, is there anything that you could foresee that is going to, though, reduce that commute time, say, out of YVR uh, to get to get to Whistler Blackhawk? Um, yeah, I, you know, I do think the Sea to Sky Highway has been uh, a terrific right, addition uh, and improvement to that experience. Uh, and, I, you know, I think there, there are always going to be folks, I think, thinking about what's next. I think that's a, ultimately a communicate, you know, a collaboration uh, between the resort and the various communities along uh, the the long, you know, sea to sky, and obviously the, um, you know, Vancouver and Lower Mainland communities. And so, I think, you know, just like in many of our uh, resort towns and the connections that they have to local cities, I think that's a, you know, kind of a broad-based effort that you know our resort is absolutely going to be a part of. Um, in any way that we can uh, participate in making that better, we will. 
Yeah. Is is there anything though that you could foresee, like a small airport, anything that would that would then work to deal with, particularly a lot of the overseas uh, skiers that are coming in and and then face two two and a half hours out of YVR to get up there? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, again, I, I think for us, we don't have a specific uh, proposal along mm-hmm. those lines. I think it's it's more participating in the dialogue with others. Um, you know, because honestly, a lot, you know, some of this is. We obviously understand one piece of those issues, but, uh, but you know, there are so many other components that go into how you improve kind of transportation that we really see ourselves as being a critical partner, right, in those discussions, but not necessarily having an answer. So last question then, uh, you, you must pay the utmost attention to the forecast. What kind of winter is it going to be? It's going to be an amazing winter, <laughs> okay. but I'm an optimist. So that's how I feel every year. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, yeah, I feel I feel really good about how the how the season is shaping up. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for your time today, Rob. Good talking to you. Great talking to you too. Really uh yeah, really a pleasure. Rob Katz, the CEO of Vale Resorts. That's our podcast for today. Make sure you tell your friends to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave a review and be sure to find our stories in print and online at BIV.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time.